Hello and howdy. This is uh, the hair and the whole life, a trench crimp podcast. I'm Bout. And I'm Lou. And this is your reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will talk about everything that has happened on the show so far and things that are maybe probably going to happen in season three, because the original idea for this podcast is following season three. So just a reminder, if you're not ready for spoilers, this might not be the podcast for you right now. Also, maybe a quick disclaimer uh, <laughs> that uh, we are both... Um... A little bit sick still. We're both recovering from COVID, so that's uh, if you're wondering why we dropped an episode and then didn't do anything for three weeks. Uh, that's the reason. Um, also, in it, case this episode is a total mess, we are still yeah. uh, very much recovering. I think that's enough for disclaimers. So. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Today we're gonna dive into um, season two and give a bit of a recap of what trends up to in that season. Not much, unfortunately. Not much. It's yeah. very disappointing if if you loved Trent in season one to tune into season two and he just disappeared like we did. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, that's exactly the same. <laughs> we wanted to recreate the that feeling. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he is in four episodes of all twelve episodes of season two, um, and in every single one of these episodes, he's just in one tiny scene, and. Life as a Trent Crimp fan is hard, <laughs> especially in season two. Yeah, but I mean, what's exciting in season two is that he does get an outfit change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that is the most exciting part about him in season two, but let's talk about Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> actually, let, let us talk about the outfit change because it is so confusing, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's important to me. It matters to me. It's like, first of all, he has longer hair. Um, and he doesn't wear the same outfit over and over again every single time, so he's barely recognizable. <laughs> I wouldn't have known it was him if he didn't introduce himself. <laughs> very <laughs> good, <on>. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it is very fun. He still wears the same shirt, but he does get to um, mix up his cartoon character uh, outfit a little bit. He wears, a, a lot of the time, he wears a red jacket. One time he wears a blue jacket. He wears different print shirts, like sometimes not even like button downs it's just a t-shirt under his jacket it's very exciting <laughs> and it feels very different from season one like i've i don't know if we talked about it in the last episode exactly but um he is very disheveled in season one like everything about him is it doesn't fit quite right everything is a little bit messy mm-hmm. and in season two it feels way more put together like way cleaner it everything fits much better the jackets actually are his size and everything i and i don't know if they actually thought that deeply about it but we know who Mm -hmm. did think that deeply about it oh yes please share (laughs) james lance thought very deeply about tread crim's wardrobe uh which is i i actually don't remember if we were inspired by his interview answers or if we just already were that obsessed with his wardrobe but i mean he had the wonderful theory that half of Trent's wardrobe is his father's wardrobe that he just kind of over the years stole Mm -hmm. so to speak and there is a sort of feeling that maybe in season two he already started buying his own clothes like he wanted to 
like figure out what he wants to look like how he wants to dress mm. and that is sort of the vibe i get from like nothing he wears actually fits him to oh okay so this looks like an outfit somebody put together on purpose and also it is giving us a little bit more like a glimpse into who he is like he's not like this completely one-dimensional person anymore he wears now different shirts so there must be stuff going on in his life <laughs> yeah i i think it's not too far-fetched to assume that it's supposed to communicate some kind of character development because um there is character it's I, I think he might be the only character whose character development is entirely off screen mm-hmm. we don't see it happening we just have to uh, figure it out by watching what he does compared to what he did before um, but it it feels, I, I think it's reasonable to think that the show might have done that on purpose, given him a different wardrobe to be like, hey, pay attention, something is changing about him. Yeah, I think so too. So um, I am obsessed with it, but I'm obsessed with it for a very good reason, of course. But like you said, it's very interesting that he doesn't seem very changed other than his wardrobe uh, when we first see him. And his hair. Yeah, and his hair. But I don't think that's supposed to say anything about his character. I think the makeup no, department just... was just struggling. The the passage of time also, and James Lance refusing to get a haircut at that point, probably. I don't know. I mean, they did they did say that in season two, they tried to tame his hair uh, for continuity mainly, so that he actually mm-hmm. does look the same in different shots, which in season one is not the case. It really is. No. like Every time you cut back to him, he looks entirely different because his hair is yes. completely different. And they did want to do away with that for season two, but I, the questionable results. I just have to say, I, I'm I'm glad that apparently they ditched that um again for season three because wait, mm. woof, that was rough. I mean, I like that. Like the change we see is not a trend; it's the press room because the oh, press yeah. room is a lot less uh, like full of other reporters yeah. and journalists. Yeah. Only the people who actually care <laughs> to remain. Yeah, and so it's like a little more like familiar, nice and quiet. Everybody knows everybody. So yeah. that's why I, even I though really it... like that. <laughs> I really like that about yeah. season two that it's like because it, it starts in the first episode already where he stands up and they all make this joke um with his name. Like he's like Trent Prim yeah. and everyone, the independent. You feel like this isn't a press room anymore. This is like a classroom. These are buddies, <laughs> these are friends, these are just some yeah. kids hanging out. I was just I was just about to say that, especially because it's so funny to me. A dog just died. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> stupid joke because they just the are like that. Part is well. So inappropriate in this situation. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, everybody gets a little silly when Trent Crimp is involved. Yeah, I I mean, it really is just supposed to show us that, you know, these people have grown close as people, mm. like as friends. And uh, especially with the contrast to the first season, it, it, it it's really well done. Like it really communicates well how they all feel about each other, that they're not like rivals. They don't, they're not here to like, destroy ted or whatever they're all just Mm. they all love what they do now yeah and i think even like the the press room um in episode three shows even more the difference um like or in comparison to season one like uh in in season one when uh ted says that his door is always open uh, for journalists Mm. and um he wants to like be welcoming and um Inter- like mm. interact with them talk to them i think you really really feel that in episode three oh, yeah. because like i mean episode one they're pretty preoccupied with 
Earl Greyhound dying and then the team taking that loss. And, um, a lot is going on and nobody really has time to just do their regular thing, you know. But yeah. um, in season, and uh, in, in episode three, I think we even have two press room scenes. Yeah. Like, we, we get so, double yeah. trends. I'm not entirely sure if that was episode three, but there is one where we got two yeah, I think we have one before the game, and then we have the yeah. one after um, um, when Sam gets to talk to the press right. about yeah. um, his statement. So, oh, that um... is oh, that is such a good trend moment because it is truly it is for us. It is not for the regular viewer. The regular viewer did not pay t that much attention. But if you pay attention to trend, you notice in that scene, like I, I wouldn't call it foreshadowing because that is I think a too big a word, but. You can tell there's something happening in him in that moment because one thing I noticed throughout the show is that Trent only ever asks one question when when he stands up, even though there's the implication that he could ask more if he wanted mm. to. I think the other reporters sometimes ask follow up questions, mm. and it doesn't seem to be taboo. And in that moment, when he when Sam takes uh, the stand and Sam says he doesn't want to talk about football, he wants to talk about um, the whole scandal. Trent insists on getting to ask another question and he suddenly mm. turns into a completely different person. Like mm. before he's always like very mellow, like he he's always completely in control and mm. you know he, he has this authority as a journalist. And in that moment he becomes like a this kind of journalist that you expect like really like a bloodhound. He's like no no no, let mm -hmm. me ask another question. This this is why I do my job. I want to know everything. I want to be like the guy who writes this like, he is so mm -hmm. passionate out of like all of a sudden completely passionate about this mm -hmm. because and that is the remarkable thing specifically sam says he doesn't want to talk about football so that mm -hmm. tells you something about trent when you realize hey this guy is a sports reporter and the moment someone says i don't want to talk about football i want to talk about something that really matters Mm -hmm. now he cares now he suddenly cares about his job again so yeah that is already a, a really huge hint if you pay attention that mm -hmm. oh maybe this guy uh is not actually that happy with his job mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's on many layers where where you see there that he changes like the, the way he he suddenly gets sharper the way he zooms in on that and yep. actually interrupts other people oh, yeah. to say hold on no i want yeah, yeah. to keep on talking about this i think this is important yeah. i think this is the first time he expresses wanting something like yeah before that it's like yeah i mean i guess i do this as a job i have to ask the question all right i do this and mm -hmm. this time he's like no let me let me ask another question i mm -hmm. want this so bad but yeah i mean the the big thing about trend in season two is um he we discover he discovers that he doesn't actually like his job um or at least it's not fulfilling to him i mean i guess he never hated his job but it's not mm. what fulfills him and he ditches it in the most dramatic way that is humanly yeah. possible for a journalist to ditch his job uh -huh. yeah what i thought is very interesting he starts out with a question about football he says um well do you think uh this 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 thing you did um was the reason why the team lost because they yeah. were so distracted. And that's just like, he's so in his routine of, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm a football reporter. I'm a football guy. I have to talk about football. <laughs> and even though it's obvious that the political statement here is the main, like, that's the, the one thing that everybody will talk about after this match. Nobody will care 
who won or lost. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, that's his job to, to care. It's his job yeah, to say, I'm, okay, uh-huh. what, did the, what did the football do? Ugh. Yeah, and then says, as Sam says, no, I want to talk um, about uh, the bullshit the Nigerian government pulls, and I want to talk about cerithium oil. And that's where you see that change. So that's literally, really, it's like, it's like a yeah. light switch was turned on, like incredible performance honestly mm-hmm. and the thing is you don't realize it until the end of the season that that was probably a meaningful mm-hmm. moment first you're just like oh because it's like a big scandal like a footballer is making a huge political statement of course like that suddenly pumps everyone up a little but specifically for trend like you can tell after knowing how it turns out that oh yeah okay so that was because he personally actually cares a lot more about mm-hmm. other things now and also because it's such a disruption of the norm. Like, yeah. I think some of the people, especially like, I even I even saw some people in the fandom who don't realize how big of a deal it is that a footballer talks about like political topics in to a be, press conference of a football match. To be fair, not that huge a percentage of Ted Lasso watchers are also avid football fans. So um, not all of us have this insight into the football world and how common place political statements are but i think we all know sports in general and we all know Mm -hmm. that as soon as politics comes into it there's always some bigger scandal but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are just like well yeah obviously this is a bad thing naturally somebody would talk about it Mm -hmm. but yeah i i mean it's not commonplace in the real world Mm -hmm. in the football world that people make these incredibly huge bold statements like especially footballers like male footballers are so like stripped clean of every now be nice (laughs) no it's um it's not an attack on them it's just how this whole world functions and i i bring it up because i saw a tumblr post that was like well trent isn't actually a good journalist because he acts like this is a huge big deal and it is a huge big deal and i want people to understand that footballers don't usually make political statements like that i mean if some of you follow football loosely maybe you will have seen the whole thing with the rainbow like captain's um armband and um i followed that immensely like i have written essays about that um, because it's such a like i don't want to say bullshit political statement but it like it's (laughs) the thing is the the way they use it and the way it's talked about is so watered oh, yeah. down that it loses all political meaning yeah, and that's, that's something you can do as a footballer like that's fine mm. but everything that's Safe. more than that is extremely like it yeah immediately perceived as too dangerous and nobody wants to touch it and it will uh, provoke scandal so of course trend will get into that immediately and ask about it um, as soon as he realizes that's on yeah. the table I guess sometimes it does pay off to actually be a football fan when you watch a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I noticed that in myself, like the expectation in football is that people don't talk about this or don't blow this kind of thing up. Like um, when I watched the show, I was surprised by Sam saying this so openly. Trent asks, "Are you are you implying that they're like a yeah government exactly like, like imply yes. like he's trying to keep it safe but Sam is just like mm-hmm. nah fuck that no and that's that's absolutely mind blowing to me as somebody who sometimes um 
watches football. And that is <laughs> to to bring it back uh to trend. That is, I think, why the scene is so remarkable. If you know this, and you know how trend story ends. And you realize that this is the deeper that he talks about at the end of this the season when he says he's looking for something deeper mm. to do with his life than being a sports journalist. This is what he means. Like, this is such a huge deal, this political statement Sam makes. This is a, a an important thing. This is like an actual mm. real life important thing. It's not just a game. Like, I mean, they have this as a reoccurring joke in the show mm. that they're all just playing a game. Yeah. Um, but this is like something that has real life like if, if effects on politics mm-hmm. like sam literally changes things by doing this and that is what trend actually wants he wants something mm-hmm. that means something and then that's so interesting because we see the start of that change happening in that episode and then yep. trend just drops off the face of the earth for i don't know five episodes and, and just, just doesn't show up. And the next time we see him, he's on a date. I don't know what is going is on. Really, Why is the show like this? It is really when you pay attention to a trend. Like, if you don't pay attention to a trend, you're like, oh, there's trend. Okay, okay, he's back. Oh, there's trend again. It's like a normal way that a character, a minor character appears. You're like, okay, okay, here he is again. But if you start paying attention, you're like, what the heck? What happened, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where have you been? What is going on in your life? And you get this teeny tiny glimpse into his private life, the mm. tiniest glimpse um, into his private life with the pub scene. You're like, where is that coming from all of a sudden? I've never seen this man outside the press room. What is happening? Yeah, it's, um... I mean, it's a stroke of genius. Like we see him in the press room asking Sam about this political. He suddenly invigorated. He loves mm. doing this. And the next time we see him, he's outside the press room. He's already saying, this man, he's no longer contained by his role as a journalist. This is, he, he gets to escape now. So literally after that, so. after that, we never see him in the press room again. I think so. Because, yeah, he no longer belongs in the press. He's, this is the moment that he stops being Trent Crim the Independent and starts being Trent Crim, a person, a human being who's not yeah. just his job. And then when he meets uh, Ted in the pub, mm-hmm. he doesn't use his usual, you know, no, the independent. Instead, he comes up with fun new things, yeah, like a comes... Casablanca <laughs> reference. <laughs> it's very adorable. It's honestly, it's one of the. It's it's so great because we never see him outside of his like professional context, and we see him outside of it for the first time. He still does his job because he still asks Ted. A question that's relevant to an article he writes but the everything about him is different i mean we've theorized that he's probably a little bit tipsy in the scene mm-hmm. he probably had a drink like i i genuinely think he was at the pub just for fun uh, mm-hmm. on possibly on a date with that guy but... probably i mean most of the fandom seems to agree that he was yeah, on a date with that guy, that guy. <laughs> it, it does seriously had a big mustache, mustache for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like it and you know he's so casual and he's so different in a way that we're not used to seeing him and it's a stroke of genius because you immediately realize this is a person now this is no longer Mm. just a reporter even when he asks this reporter question like you're like this is Mm. like this why is he quizzing ted now but the whole vibe is totally different in that moment Mm. it's like he's desperate for like a genuine connection but he still has to do his job because he comes up with this Casablanca reference. And we know it's already established that Ted and Trent have this little thing. Like they both 
have this vast knowledge of pop culture and they communicate a lot. They have a lot of these little pop culture reference jokes like in the press mm. room, like to Ted, it's like, oh, you're from the Daily Planet, aren't you? Or the Bring It On reference. Like yeah. this is their language. They 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 can talk in this language of references. Mm-hmm. And Trent uses that. Like he comes up with this mm. Casablanca reference of all the pop joints. Yeah. And it is so like we've never seen Trent initiate these like mm. little jokes, these little references. So it yeah. really feels like he's desperate to do something with this. Like he's he wants to have just a friendly connection with another human being, but he's still mm-hmm. so trapped by his job that this is all like this is all he could do. He could just come up, he can make a little reference, but you know, then he has to be the shark again. He has to be like, mm. okay, I, I'm quizzing you because I have I I feel like there's a story here. But I think it's still interesting that that's also where you see his uh, like character development because if you look at who he is in the first season and in the first few episodes of like season one, that version of Trent Crim would have like gone there, asked him that question. He wouldn't have bought that bullshit about the food poisoning because it's no. clear, like it's so clearly not the truth, and Trent realizes. It even in that moment and yeah. like probably he asked about it because he already knew that wasn't the full story i mean it's just it's very interesting because everyone else just takes the story of oh yeah probably food poisoning and runs with it like that's i wonder the right first now thing. i wonder right <laughs> now if it was an excuse to talk to ted mm-hmm. if he actually genuinely had no idea if he also bought the food poisoning line and he was mm-hmm. like well i want to talk to him <laughs> He's sitting right there and he's not comfortable yet approaching Ted just sort of as a friend. So Mm. he's like, fucking, what could I ask him? Nothing happened. Um, I guess I'll ask him (laughs) about the food poisoning again. Mm. It could be. I mean, it would be very funny if that was the case. And that was just accidentally also the huge thing in the end. Mm -hmm. And he was just didn't know what else to say. So I, I, I always go back and forth between like did Trent actually plan like did he set it up and go there to just run accidentally into Ted or is it really just a coincidence because there's no way to tell it's and... no there's no way to tell but the the thing when he walks away and thanks May a lot of people are very confused about why he would thank May what mm-hmm. would he thank May for what did she do she just runs the pub did he just yeah. thank her in general for running the pub I mean my theory is that Ted is a creature of habit and that Ted always mm. eats at this pub at the uh on, on the same days or something like he definitely has a routine he seems like he would have that kind of routine where every Thursday he eats at the pub and it it's not super far-fetched that Trent mm. would ask May if she happens to know when he might run into Ted in this pub and that she would you know tell him hey maybe if you come by on a Thursday you might find him here mm. and my personal favorite theory is that um, Trent was asked out on a date by this dude, and this dude was like, I can only do Thursday. And Trent was like, oh, fuck, I wanted to go to the pub on Thursday to catch Ted. <laughs> well, and then he suggested going to the pub for the date, so he has like, he, he, he it's like two birds with one stone. Like, I get to go on a date that I wanted to go on, but also I get to talk to Ted in the pub. And he thanks May for the um, insider info that he would find that there. I think it's funny. I think it would be the funniest version. That would be, yeah, <laughs> hilarious. But also what I what I did want to say is that 
I think you see how he has changed in that also that he goes there, asks Ted that question. He, you see that mm. he realizes it's bullshit, but then yeah. he doesn't do anything with it until he Nick doesn't do anything with it. And worst of all, he says the absolutely bonkers lie. I love our chats and yeah. leaves. It's just, Ted, especially because Ted doesn't seem to have a very good time in that moment. Like he sits there alone, drinking by himself. Yep. Um, he talks about something that clearly makes him uncomfortable um, and he doesn't want to talk about, especially with a journalist. Yep. No. And then Trent, because he's, I, I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely think he had to be a little bit tipsy for him to say that because yeah. that is such a, because he also says it in this kind of tone where he's almost mocking, like almost like, I know we both hated this conversation right now. We both were incredibly uncomfortable with it, but like, hey, I love our chats. It, it feels almost like he's mocking this exchange, this this vibe that they had in that moment. But yeah. I mean, we know that maybe it's not entirely mocking. Like generally, it just slipped out. I think it just mm. slipped out, and he meant it, and that's why he says it again for some reason in the final episode. Yeah, it's uh, he he's building a new catchphrase because now he's not transferring the independent anymore, and he isn't in the pub. And he's not in the parking lot in the final episode of season 12. So now he's just the guy who loves the chats he has with yeah. Ted. <laughs> it's so cute. It is truly, it's incredible. Especially because in the most important trend episode, in episode three of season one, Ted asks him, what do you love? And he just happens to then repeatedly say, later on i love our chats it feels on it feels like it's on purpose if he hadn't yeah. repeated it it would have could have maybe been a coincidence but he says it twice he says mm -hmm. it twice. he uses the word love twice mm -hmm. when that is such a huge question that he was asked in episode three mm -hmm. that was so meaningful and that like kicked off his kind of realizing that he doesn't actually love his job mm -hmm. so it's it's very sweet in the way that they did that that in episode three ted asks what do you love and he fills in the answer himself as a writing, which is already such a huge deal for Trent because nobody sees him as a writer. Everyone sees him as a journalist. And mm. that already gets him thinking, yeah, what do I love? I love writing. I don't love being a journalist. And then when he actually gives us an answer, so to speak, when he actually uses the words, I love blank, it's his chats with Ted. And mm. that is, I mean... It is a huge deal because that is the reason that he quits his job because he likes Ted a lot more than he likes his job. Yeah. So much more that he willingly blows up his entire career for him. Mm -hmm. That is loyalty. That is love. That is, I mean, they put it like right in front of us. I, <laughs> I wouldn't call it anything else if not love. They they just say that. I mean, it is a big word to use in the show. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's very much on purpose. That there wasn't that was not an accident. I think that's going to be relevant in in season. We, I know we're not talking about season three in this episode <laughs> yet, but it's it it has to come up again. It, it mm -hmm. can't be that he says that twice and it's just then it's done. No. Yeah, I mean, final episode is a huge, huge, huge deal. If for us trend fans <laughs> i think a lot of casual viewers were completely thrown off by that scene because no one paid attention to trend's character development and suddenly he stands mm. there like i quit my job by doing the worst <laughs> thing a journalist could possibly do and casual viewers were like what the fuck is going mm. on <laughs> and it's especially so confusing because 
anyone would expect Ted to hate Trent in that moment because Trent mm-hmm. wrote about something very personal that he had no business writing about and mm-hmm. even Keely says I want to kill Trent for this mm-hmm. so we know that the characters recognize this as a very terrible thing to do mm-hmm. but Ted immediately is he immediately forgives him so to say. I don't know if forgiving is the right word. I don't know if he ever would have held a grudge for this, but he has this pleasant conversation with Trent in the parking lot. He likes Trent. He has he enjoys talking to him. And I think most casual viewers were very thrown off because they were like, well, this man is a terrible journalist. He just did the worst thing a journalist can do. And mm-hmm. he hurt Ted, but now they're having this nice, pleasant conversation. It is only us, people like us who pay attention to trying to realize why this mm-hmm. is happening like this, why this yeah. is a pleasant exchange and not like a new rivalry, a new hateful relationship in mm-hmm. Ted's life. I mean, I guess the the deeper you look into Trent, the more you see him in a way that Ted sees him. Yeah. Because like Ted has paid attention to yep. this guy from the beginning. Like, yep. He pays attention to literally everybody. And so he knows probably, or has at least some like understanding of why uh, Trent did that. Yep. I mean, he he leaves from this press conference and Trent is already waiting there for him, which I don't know if we have time to get into mm-hmm. it, but already unhinged behavior. And yeah. Ted is like, oh, why weren't you in the press conference? I missed you there. Because like he pays attention. He notices immediately, hey, this guy mm-hmm. isn't here. Why isn't he here? It's something, did something happen? He says, I, I was afraid you had a bicycle accident. Yeah, and, and like it's like he thinks down. about Trent so hard, even though like he worries about Trent, even though anyone. Like everyone would understand if he didn't, if he was like, oh, fuck mm. that dude. Everyone would understand it if he thought that. Even I would understand it if he thought that. Yeah. But he doesn't. He worries about Trent mm. even after what he did. I do hope they talk about the article again. Like, this is yeah. already for feels... season three, but, but like, I wish that Ted would at least get a little bit angry yeah, or a little like... bit disappointed. It feels like such a huge deal but then again Ted's character is truly like this I mean he says literally he tells us this literally in words that Trent was just doing his job Mm -hmm. I genuinely do believe that he doesn't hate Trent for this he genuinely doesn't blame Trent for this especially after Trent blows up his job for it Mm -hmm. it it would be very cathartic to to see him like actually be like you know what that actually did hurt me Mm -hmm. let's talk about that but it's just, I also understand that his character is just like this. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about because all of that next time. <laughs> arguably, Rebecca did something equally as bad to him, or even worse. I, I can't really say if it's worse, mm. but he immediately forgave her as well. So it's hard to say with Ted. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't want... Uh ted to hold a grudge no not a grudge but like express like genuine Mm. like a genuine negative feeling for once but yeah it's it's still what's interesting to me about the parking lot scene is that they skip a lot of things like ted immediately goes to are you okay i thought you were like in an accident and trent immediately goes to um like talking about how he got fired and he doesn't say sorry and Ted doesn't, doesn't say, say what the fuck, fuck why did you do that? That so is, they just... I genuinely think they talked about it before. That is what, what my theory that because Trent texted him his 
the source, he texted him it was Nate. And we don't see Ted like respond. He just says no comment like on mm. the article. Um, but I think that they did then after that talk about it in some capacity, like, hey, don't worry, I'm not mad at you or whatever. Or like, hey, mm. sorry, I had to write that. Like, I think they had some kind of exchange about the article itself, which is also why Ted immediately jumps to saying, hey, Trent was just doing his job when Keely is mad mm. at Trent because he already like he already made peace with this happening because you already mm. talked it out with Trent. And that is why when Trent doesn't show up in the um, press room, he immediately worries about him first and isn't like, oh, well, he was a bit of a dick to me. He's just immediately like, hey, mm. th- I just talked to him. Where What happened to him? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that, especially with Trent, happens um, off camera. Everything happens um, off camera. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yes. But um, I mean to me that no comment that uh ted texts seemed very final and yeah. i can fully also see um them not talking and then just the parking lot scene happening but, but the, the thing, thing that doesn't convince me on that like ted's reaction and being fine with it i think that could have happened without further discussion because ted is like a person who sits down, down and thinks, thinks about, about it until he gets to a point mm. where he fully understands the viewpoint of another person even if that other person doesn't give their input mm. um but the fact that um trent is so relaxed and like not anxious yeah um, about yeah. meeting ted i think that's, that's what it, sells yeah. me on that theory of they talked about that's this it. because to some extent. trent did something bad and trent strikes me as a person who would say something like hey sorry i did that like mm. especially because he goes right into like yeah i uh, i got fired it feels very much like since last time we talked this happened to me like, that's mm. very much the vibe it gives off because why would he not address the article that he just wrote that almost ruined ted's life literally so he's too relaxed like he's happy like he's genuine. it's we, we like calling it the baby girlification of trent Grimm because he is so adorable and happy yeah. in this conversation he's all smiley and cute it very much um feels like he has no worries he already knows he's good with ted there's nothing to talk about anymore and i mean i want to also talk about so that we actually did address it that this parking lot scene is ted's final scene in mm. season two and that feels hugely remarkable because in season mm-hmm. one the final scene um ted's final scene and also the show's final scene was with rebecca it mm. was when ted was like hey i'll quit so you don't have to fire me and she's like no no you can you stay you have, you have work to do next season mm-hmm. and it's this wonderful meta joke about you know next football season but also next season for the tv show and in season two trent gets that scene of all the characters in this show mm-hmm. of all the characters in the show trent Krim gets to be in Ted's final scene, the titular character's Mm -hmm. final scene of the season. And he gets to make the meta joke about the seasons when he says, good luck next season. That, that cannot have, like that had to be a very conscious choice. They had to very consciously think, okay, last time we see Ted this season, what does he do? Yeah. And then it doesn't even end with the camera on Ted. It ends with the camera on Trent locking his keys inside his car oh, and his not getting back beautiful vintage in. convertible. It's, it feels like, I mean, I know that I say this as a big Trent Crim fan, but that had to be because they were, they were like, 
we want people to understand that Trent will be important next season because mm-hmm. he gets to have the final scene with Ted. It's not the final scene in the show, but Ted's final scene. And he's the titular mm-hmm. character, so it has some meaning. He gets to make the next season joke. That's meaningful, I think. Yeah. It has to be. And I feel like maybe it's supposed to tell us, hey, these two are gonna spend a lot of time together now. Mm-hmm. The same way that uh, the ending of season one was like, hey, Ted and Rebecca are friends now. And they're going to hang out in season two as friends now. They're no longer, they no longer have this weird relationship where one of them betrays mm-hmm. the other. And I think it's the same purpose with the trend scene. They they are not, this, this is not like a relationship in season three where one betrays the other again. It's just their friends mm-hmm. now. They, they are over whatever tension there might have been between them because of their roles. And in yeah. season three, you can just expect more of whatever the scene was. Mm-hmm. I mean... What's it called again with the Watsonian and the Conan Doylean? Doylean, reason? Like, do yeah. you know that? that no, I, 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 like I, I don't know enough about it though. But where, where you have like an in-world reason and then a meta yeah. or just um, yeah, a reason. Yeah. And so I think the the like meta reason for it is to show us that like Trent isn't done with this place. He can't just leave. Yeah, I love like, that. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind is. Of, yeah, the, the, the matter reason mm-hmm. why he locks his keys in his car is because he literally cannot leave Richmond. Mm-hmm. He cannot leave the IFC Richmond. He, yeah. As much as he has, he says kind of that he's done with this, like he, he's looking for something deeper, but um, the universe said, nope, you're stuck here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just the in-world reason, it has to be yeah, that he has so. such a big, massive crush Absolutely. on Ted that Absolutely. he just didn't think when he got out of his car he was just so excited to see Ted and talk to Ted yeah and yeah, yeah it definitely has that I mean my personal headcanon I think is that he pretty much like got to work that morning with an article on his desk he he knew what he did already he just waited for the like time to talk to his boss revealed to his boss that he revealed his source just got fired packed up his stuff immediately drove down to richmond with all his stuff still in the back no yeah because i mean mean, the reason he does it the reason he tells his boss he blew his source is because he cares more about ted than his job yeah i mean the reason he tells ted the story i mean telling this whether or not he told his boss he still did something that a journalist isn't supposed to do so the reason he did is because he cares more about ted so naturally as soon as he leaves his job he would be like well i gotta talk to ted now you know Mm -hmm. the the guy i did this for and um i think that it takes a lot more than just being like sick and tired of your job to uh, I, th- I think it takes a little bit more than like just friendly feelings for someone to be like hey I'm gonna blow up my job my career I'll never work as a journalist again because this is absolute cardinal sin for journalists I I, I do think it's so funny um, there was this article about how a lot of journalists lost oh, yeah. their shit on they, Twitter <laughs> they were journalists were absolutely down the middle two, te- two, two teams of journalists one fucking hated Trent Krim. The other one fucking loved Trent Krim. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible to w- watch this online. Yeah. And no, the, the reason I think he told his boss himself that he um, gave up like his source is because who else would have like, how no, else nobody would anybody no. have known that? Because Ted wouldn't have told anyone. No. Exactly. Like he could have easily 
continued his job and nobody would be any wiser but he needed a reason to leave and ted was the reason like i mean i think james has even explicitly said that in an interview ted is um sort of the catalyst for trent yeah. to realize he doesn't want to do his job anymore but mm. there were a million ways to do this right mm -hmm. like it's if you don't want to do your job anymore you can leave you can be like yep. hey i don't want to do my job anymore uh it was fun i loved it but i'm gonna you know here's my two weeks notice goodbye mm -hmm. he didn't though he specifically was like okay first of all i'm telling ted about the source because i care mm -hmm. about ted and i want him to know who did this to him and then he was like well i can't be a journalist anymore if i do this i could hand in my two weeks notice or i can tell my boss i did the worst thing a journalist can do burned my source and get fired and never work as a journalist again and he chose that he chose the most dramatic way to exit a job and <laughs> i love that for him he's such yeah. a drama queen and i think also we maybe should talk um about why he even wrote that article in the first place because yeah. to me it's very obvious but to I, me too but a lot I of mean, people are very yeah have a lot of strong opinions about it yeah i mean of course it still hurt ted yeah we we know that and we see that yep. and of course he could have just not written that but what would have been the like alternatives nate would have just gone to somebody else like yeah, they exactly. would, could have gone to ernie Lowndes from the yeah. sun yeah. i think a lot of people don't realize that like nate wanted to hurt ted mm -hmm. and nate probably does not have the awareness that trent is no longer the big asshole that he used to be mm -hmm. like nate still sees trent the way like rebecca saw trent in season one where she's mm -hmm. like hey i'm gonna hire this guy specifically because he will ruin ted's life and mm -hmm. i think nate had the same thought process hey i will go to that guy because he will ruin ted's life and um trent just isn't like that anymore mm -hmm. trent wrote a genuinely as, as nice an article as you can write mm -hmm. when you write about something so personal about someone mm -hmm. he wrote about how important mental health is in sports and all of these things mm -hmm. and if he hadn't nate would have gone to someone else who would have completely would i mean we see that we see all the headlines from other newspapers mm -hmm. like we see this in the show how much they all like just completely ruin like ted for that like they mm -hmm. hate him they, they completely just they, they they all write so negatively about it but mm -hmm. the very first thing was Trent's article and that was mm. uh he tried so hard to like make it still the least hurtful that he possibly could mm. and I think a lot of people don't understand that you know that is a good thing as good a, mm. a thing as it can be because I can just see Trent listening to Nate say that and go well this is the worst choice I ever had to make in my life mm. because he 100% could have left then and said I'm not doing my job anymore this sucks i don't want to mm. be the person who does this and never written the article left his job whatever but he was like okay this is the final thing i'm gonna do i'm gonna write as positive as nice as supportive an article as i can about this horrible thing and then i'll leave mm. because he knows even if he doesn't write it other people yeah. will and write I, it someone will write it yeah and i'm that. wondering like really at what point he knew that this was going to be the last article he would write because like did he maybe even yeah. sit down with the intention of oh this is going to be the last thing and after that i'm gonna walk out or so. did he just like trying to write it and struggling like sitting there struggling so hard eventually realize that 
okay, maybe I have to make I, this count because I'm going to walk out after this. I, I think it was like the moment that Nate approached him and told him. I think he listened to Nate and we know how Nate is. Like we know how he would tell mm. this, how he would tell the story of the panic attack. And I think that Trent listened to it, wrote it all down. And he thought somewhere in his head, he thought, I can't be this person anymore. Mm. I can't be the guy that people come to to ruin careers, to be mm. an asshole. I can't be the brutally honest guy who, who always like tries to get to the bottom of everything. I just can't be that person anymore. That's just not me. And he decided to write the article as nice as possible. And he knew the whole time that would be the last thing he would do. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I don't think that nate um well i think nate isn't sure about his motives uh, himself no like, absolutely I, I, not <laughs> he, uh, i think there's more ambiguity to that as well and maybe he didn't go to trent because he he wanted trent to destroy ted maybe he was just looking for somebody who gets taken seriously and, and who has like a like who reaches big platform, uh, yeah. like yeah who has a big platform and that's trent too like he's not just that vicious yeah. reporter I think it... that destroys people's lives he's also someone who is respected and taken seriously That's and he, who, like a lot of people listen to um so i think it could be both like it could could be the reach but it could also be like how hard trend used to hit or is perceived to hit I mean, is that still he still it seems like he's a genuinely good journalist i mean he, his mm. reputation doesn't seem hurt in any way um because he became a nicer person overall i think he still writes brutally honest articles mm. just um not about that yeah no but i think that's that's also a part of his development i think he's still in the press room um asks the difficult questions yeah. like he asks about the dead dog uh, he asks about uh, the team losing. He's not sugarcoating anything. He's still no. trying to to do a good job, but I think the way he does it changes because he um, he asks these questions not yeah. with the intention of hurting yeah, I mean, Ted or hurting the team, but giving Ted a chance to yeah um, to yeah exactly. I think it's a genuine surprise to everyone that Trent. Um, blew up his career like everyone he was a well-respected journalist i think till the very end like even with this article he was still a well-respected journalist mm. i think anyone was surprised that he just left like that and it, he left like that and not mm -hmm. any normal way yeah. man burned every bridge imaginable he <laughs> only has so one bridge left and that is to ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah and we are gonna see what that brings very soon yeah next episode is most likely going to be one where we talk about our theories for season three um because i think we've covered most of our basic like observations for the first two seasons now and we're ready to throw everyone into our personal gray rod <laughs> pool <laughs> and discuss what we think all of this is leading to in season three mm -hmm. All right, so I think that is it. Um, we want to thank David Hyde for the music and Mikuno Salome on Tumblr for our cover art. And we want to thank everyone for listening and hanging out with us. And if you want to talk to us about anything we talked about about Trent Krim, you can find us on Tumblr on krimcast.tumblr.com or send us an email at krimcast.gmail.com. And as always, 
We love, we our, love chats. our chats. <laughs> okay, we will get better eventually. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs>